Hey, it's the Ravenous Book Addict coming back at you. So, you may have noticed that I haven't posted anything for about two months now. And, uh, well, frankly, work got busy, got a little stressful, and I had less time and inclination. You know, so, I mean, if you're worried about all the episodes I could have been producing, oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, work's gonna, the stress at work's gonna taper off a bit, and um, in the next coming weeks or months or whatever, you should hear more from me, if that is your desire to tune in, and of course if it is my desire to create, uh, you know, please note that I am not a professional at, at, at podcasting or doing anything related to the radio or media, you know, um, I'm an education, that's my job, but I like to, um, podcast and talk about books, uh, and share my love of books with people, so that's why I'm uh, doing these, why I've started doing this. Uh, anyway, so the book that we're going to talk about this week is called Circe by Madeline Miller. And Circe, that is C-I-R-C-E. And Circe is the original Greek witch, if you will. And if you recognize that name, you probably heard it from the Odyssey. Uh, this is Greek mythology, of course, and I love Greek mythology. It is one of my favorite, favorite things. And, you know, I mean, pretty much the Greeks, they treat their deities like they were humans. They give their deities, you know, human uh, fallibility and frailties and pettiness and everything. And... It's really a very interesting snarl of personalities, uh, it, Greek mythology is. And so, you know, this book, Circe, is from the perspective of the witch, the sorceress, the goddess of the Odyssey. Um, and if you're familiar with the Odyssey, this is the witch that turned Odysseus's men into pigs when they arrived on her island. She lives on the island of Aia, and it, you know, the, the spellings are, are various, but it's basically I, A, or excuse me, A, I, A, I, A. Sometimes it is A, E, A, E, A. And so I've been, I've been pronouncing it as Aia. I, I don't know if that's how the ancient Greeks would have pronounced it, but that's my best guess. Anyway, Circe of Aia, this book t tells her story. And you actually get glimpses of many, many other uh, Greek myths. And we learn a lot about Circe. She is the daughter of Helios, who is the god of the sun. Well, of course, if you know Greek mythology, you know that. You know about Helios, the god of the sun. Quite a lot of power. Um, Circe's family is actually from the Titan faction of Greek mythology. Basically all the gods, and there's hundreds of them, pretty much, um, they're divided into two camps. The Olympians, which are like, you know, Zeus and Hera and Athena and Poseidon and Hades and 
uh, Demeter and, you know, all those guys. Ares. Those are all the, the Olympians. But before the Olympians rose to power, we have the Titans. And so Titans are, you know, um, deities like Atlas, who is holding up the world on his shoulders. Uh, Kronos, the father of Zeus. Uh, and Zeus's siblings. Uh, we've got Oceanos, the original god of the, of the sea. We've got um, Rhea. We've got Gaia. These are all titans. And the titans were beaten in a, in a massive war in the Greek mythology tradition. And Circe comes from the titans. But at this point, at the point where Circe was born... Uh, the Olympians had already beaten the Titans. And so all the Titans who were once mighty, but were overthrown, all of them have to obey Zeus, god of the thunderbolt and, and ruler of, from Olympus. Uh, so there's that. There's a little bit of tension there between Helios and Zeus and other Titans and other Olympians. Um, so... That is the uh, situation if you don't know anything about Greek mythology. Frankly, if you don't know anything about Greek mythology, you want to get on your butt or get off your butt and go find out some uh, stories. Uh, go, go find out some information because it's really great stuff. And a lot of like tales and cultural bases uh, is from or are from Greek mythology, just so you know. It's reached through the ages and still has an influence. Anyway, Circe, famous sorceress and witch. She actually plays several roles in other uh, Greek myths. So it's not just her role in the Odyssey. Um, and in this, the story by, again, Madeline Miller, she um, sort of paints Circe as a more, more as a human. Circe is technically a nymph. Um, and, you know, there's there's even different categories of nymphs. You know, there's uh, nereids and dryads and um, oreads. I mean, you know, I mean, basically in ancient Greece, every sort of natural element or phenomenon was attributed to a deity. So every little mountain stream, every little mountain, every, I mean... It was given credit as some kind of nymph. Dryads are woodland. Um, Nereids are, I think they're saltwater nymphs. And uh, Oreads are, I think, mountain nymphs. And um, But uh, freshwater is what Circe was, a freshwater nymph. She's also the daughter of Helios. And when she was born, like I just said, the Titans had already been beaten. And she grew up in, you know, the halls of Helios and spent a lot of time in the halls of Oceanos because he's her grandfather. And, uh, you know, she's got three siblings, a sister and two brothers. And they all are mentioned. And they're actually all figures from actual Greek myth. So Madeline Miller based mostly majority of this off of various Greek myths that um, you can find in other sources, so it's not just from her imagination. Uh, but we run into Daedalus, famous uh, inventor. 
Icarus has mentioned, you know, she knew them, you know, because she's like a millennia old at least. Um, she knew them. Uh, Medea, Jason. If you're familiar with Jason and the Argonauts, Medea plays into that tale or one of the tales that involve Jason. And so we know them. I mean, Circe is tied to a lot of people here. She's tied to Medea. Medea is actually the, it's like her, Medea is actually her niece. Um, her brother, um, I forget his name, but he was like a famous, uh, sorcerer in another area. Um, and he spawned Medea. And so that's how she's related to Circe. And even the Minotaur, you know, that Minotaur of Crete, you know, the big labyrinth, um, that was, um, actually Circe's nephew because her sister, the nymph Pasiphae, married Minos, and then they had children that were more human, of course, and ended up ruling Crete for a bit. But then we have the bull, who is actually, like, a mistake, because Pasiphae had a dalliance with a sacred bull, and that's how we get the Minotaur. But they had to call in Circe to help with that, like, situation. And, uh, you know, the, it's really interesting because this whole story is like Greek myth, but it's told from a female perspective. And so it's like kind of revamped myth. I mean, it's still accurate according to all the little stories that Miller is referencing. She still accurately references them because when I, you know, when I, when I ran into a name, um, that I didn't recognize from mythology, I was, I would search it up and pretty much she was right in how she referred to that name and that story. Like, for instance, there was a fisherman who was called Guacos. And Circe really kind of liked him a lot. She fell for him. And she wanted him to be, like, with her as, like, her husband. And so she figured out a way to make him into an immortal. And that's how the sea god Guacos came about. In, in the actual myth, Greek myth tradition, they don't mention Circe as the one who turned him into a god. But, you know, uh, the gist of the story is the same as it is portrayed in Miller's book here. Also, another figure from the Odyssey is the monster Scylla, the six-headed Hydra, who was like one of the perils that Odysseus and his men had to get through. And Scylla was actually a nymph. And Circe basically turned Scylla into the monster that you see in the Odyssey. Basically, it was over a man or a male god, male deity. And uh, so that's, that was where Circe was being particularly petty. And she ended up regretting that decision. But because she changed Scylla into a monster, using what the book is calling pharmakia or pharmakeia, which is like plants, powerful plants, you know, medicine like that. Apparently the gods of Greek tradition were afraid of pharmakia because they considered it magic and something that they could not actually control. Well, Circe and her siblings, um, you know, her siblings through her mother and father, she had a lot of other half siblings too from Helios, but we'll, we'll pass that by here. Uh, but her 
and her siblings, her full siblings, all managed to figure out how to use pharmakia. The gods didn't like that. And they also didn't like the fact that Circe turned Scylla into a monster. And so Circe got exiled to the island of Aia. And that's where she lived for a very, very long time. Now, through this tale, we meet a lot of people. There's a lot of references to other myths. And if you look up Circe, she actually does play into several other Greek myths besides the Odyssey. So she's kind of she's kind of one of the famous witches in Greek mythology. She's actually a goddess, and she's actually um, kind of a big deal. But um, you know, when she's growing up in the halls of Helios, her family is like very like rude to her. Like she's almost like considered the ugly ducking duckling. She's the unusual child. She's that's how she's portrayed in Miller's uh, book here. And they don't like her voice. They think she has a terrible, weak singing voice or speaking voice. And it turns out she's actually sounds more like a mortal. You know, Hermes, who is, you know, the messenger god. Doesn't matter if you're Titan or Olympian. He's, uh, he's the guy to get a message sent by. But uh, he actually says to her that you have a mortal voice. The mortals will not be so afraid to talk to you. You know, the rest of us gods, we have to talk really softly to these mortals because if they, if they heard our full voices, their heads would explode. But you sound like them. Therefore, you actually do have a very lovely voice. And so this, through the story, she's kind of like starting to discover herself and figure out, you know, like who she is. But it takes a long time because, you know, gods actually have quite a much longer life. Okay, I want to take a break. And I will pick this up in a few minutes. So stay tuned for the next segment. Thank you. All right, so we're back. Ravenous Book Addict Podcast, Episode 5. We are talking, or I am talking about the book by Madeline Miller called Circe. So as I said, I was talking about how it's about the witch from the Odyssey who turns Odysseus's men into pigs. And uh, it's basically a feminine take on some of the more famous stories of Greek mythology traditions. Well, so we left off at about the part where Circe is exiled to Aia because she turned Scylla, who was a nymph, but is now a monster, a six-headed hydra, who likes devouring men as they pass her little cave between her cave and the massive whirlpool that swallows whole ships called Charybdis. So Scylla put herself in a nice little spot there to get the most out of her, most for her stomach, we'll say that. Well, anyway, um, we meet Medea and Jason and kind of learn about them. We also learn about several other figures from myth. We meet the Minotaur and the mother of the Minotaur, who is Circe's sister, Pasiphae. Uh, and then, of course, we run into Odysseus and his crew. Now, I was waiting for this part 
because I love the Odyssey. I love Odysseus. Now, Odysseus is a wily, wily, not always a very nice guy. He does some things that are not very honorable. Uh, and, of course, he pays the price for it. You know, it takes him, like, 20 years to get home from the Trojan War. And then he has to fight off a bunch of suitors who are trying to take his wife away from him and his position in society away. Uh, and so we learn, you know, we know about that. I, we know all that from the Odyssey. Now, it, it has been a long time since I've read the whole of the Odyssey. Um, but mostly that is told from like a male perspective. We get, we hear about Telemachus, who is Odysseus's son. We hear about his quest to figure out what happened to his father. Why are all the other Greek heroes back? You know, why are the Greek heroes back on Sparta and etc. and so on. What happened to all of them? Yet my dad is nowhere to be found. And so Tele Telemachus, excuse me, goes on his journey um, to figure out what happened to his dad. So we hear that. We hear a little bit about what happens to Penelope while well, Odysseus is away. But largely the Odyssey and largely a lot of Greek myths are told like with a male perspective in mind. And Circe is told from a female perspective. And we get we get a view of things from the immortal sorceress um, goddess Circe. Now, she's not as terrifying as you might think. Like, I went into this thinking, am I going to learn about why she turned men into pigs? Which I, and I did, but she's very human in this story by Miller. She's very human, a very human type of deity. You know, she was drawn more to mortals. She is mentioned as having a mortal-sounding voice that is not going to make humans' brains or heads explode when you hear the full of it. And, you know, I mean, I already love Greek mythology, and so I was already going to read this anyway. But I really couldn't put the book down. I had a very hard time putting this book down because I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the, the moment where her and Odysseus meet. And... You know, she's portrayed as a sorceress, but she ends up helping Odysseus in the Odyssey. And in this book, it's, it's the same way. Only we get her take on the man that he was. Uh, and also through this, I learn that actually Circe and Odysseus have a son. So Odysseus has two sons. He doesn't know about the one with Circe because she never told him. And he was long gone by the time Telegonus was born. Now, I looked that up, and it is true. In fact, in the actual Greek tradition, one version is that uh, Circe and Odysseus have a son, uh, Telegonus. And there's another version I found that said that they had twins. But um, only Telegonus is in Miller's book. And um, you get more of like what happens to Odysseus when he gets back to Ithaca. Like, you know, if you read the more exciting parts of the Odyssey, you uh, hear that he killed the suitors, got his wife back, and then that kind of is ended. Um, and I haven't read the full text of the Odyssey for a very long time. So I don't know if any of this is mentioned, but in Madeline Miller's book, you know, Odysseus doesn't have a great time adjusting after the 20 years he was away. And the fathers 
and families of the men who died in the Trojan War or who died with Odysseus when he's trying to get back home are raising a, a ruckus. And the, the families of the men who Odysseus killed on his way, or the ones that he killed because they were trying to steal his wife, are raising a ruckus, and nobody likes Odysseus anymore in Ithaca. And so he was facing a downward spiral, according to Miller, um, Miller's rendition. And that may be very well be in the full text of the Odyssey, but it's been a very long time since I've read it, so I don't remember if it was. Anyway, Odysseus does die. He is killed by his son, not Telemachus, but Telegonus. And it's an accident, but afterwards, Telemachus and Penelope come to Aea and run into Circe again. And the story ends on a very nice note. You know, there's a lot of reference to transforming people into into gods. And there's a lot of reference of transforming gods into mortals. And I can't say which happens. I don't want to spoil everything for you. But it ends on a very nice note because I believe Circe finally gets what she wants and perhaps what she's hoped for for years. You know, she, she meets a lot of mortals and grows to like a lot of them. But the, the problem with being a goddess who could live forever and getting close to a mortal who is going to die, there's going to be a lot of heartbreak and sadness there. And there is some heartbreak and sadness in Circe, but there's also an interesting twist and take and wrap-up of her tale. And, uh, you know, I liked it a lot. I couldn't put it down. I mean, I had such a hard time putting it down. I read it in, like, two days. A 400-page book in two days. And that's how devoted I and how into it I was. I also didn't have a lot of distractions around me, like, you know, uh, kids or spouses or pets or anything. So I was, I was primed and prepped for a, a good weekend of reading. But anyway, uh, that's going to wrap up this week's edition. Um, and that the book that I talked about again was Circe, C-I-R-C-E, by Madeline Miller. A great read if you love Greek mythology, if you love revamping of old tales, if you love getting another perspective of uh, old tales, I suggest you check it out. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye!